you'll see all the junk we stash behind the curtain. There is no word I know in this world that rhymes with curtain. I'm fairly certain. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Behind the Curtain. 33. This is 33. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. Uh, this episode is very, very, very exciting because this is the first episode that we are doing an interview. Uh, we are interviewing Pedro from the World Walkers podcast. Say hello, Pedro. What up? <laughs> uh, I mean, hello. I already screwed <laughs> it up. No, it's all good. You're good. I said hello. Please. This interview's it's over. Way better than Tyler, so <laughs> that's why I was laughing. I was waiting for Tyler to say some smart aleck remark yeah. before we jumped in. So it's all good, Pedro. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome. Uh, it's very nice to have you. Uh, very excited for this interview. Uh, we wanted to start off by just having you kind of uh, tell us about your show, tell us what it's what it's about, introduce the cast members a little bit, just mm -hmm. like short bio, stuff like that, whatever you want to tell us about the show. Sure, yeah. Uh, World Walkers is a, uh, right now it's a Pathfinder podcast. We started as D&D, &D, but um, World Walkers is basically just world hopping chaos with a bunch of hilarious players that are as ridiculous as their characters. No matter how serious I want the story to be, <laughs> it's never, it's never going to survive contact with the players. Um, we've been doing it for about three years okay. now, and I, I think like I always feel really weird saying this, but people have told me I need to get more used to it. If there is a way to quickly describe World Walkers, um, it's been described as the MCU of. Uh, podcasting because I've, I've got like 20 plus mm -hmm. years of continuity and they're all interconnected. Every game I run is connected to the rest of them. So the more people play, the more lore they get and stuff like that. So someone called it Lord of the Rings, but funny. Oh, okay. I was like, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> and maybe so. I'm just stupid, but what does MCU mean? Sorry. Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe. Okay. Oh, okay. Got <laughs> That's it. why I don't okay. use it because like half the time it hits and the other half the time they're like, Mukul? Well, yeah, Mukul? exactly. I should know Mukul? that. I just, it slipped nah. my brain. <laughs> I've got Marvel people in this house, so I should. But I didn't. So thank you for explaining that. I get it now. So yeah. no matter where you start listening to your podcasts, you can go back and it'll somehow connect. All of them kind of connect together. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yep. really neat. Yeah, and there's, there's two different storylines you can follow. If you jump in at season one, the very beginning, you get what's called the Shards of Stardust storyline, and that's one cast. And then if you jump into season four and up, then you get the second storyline, which is called the Dreamwalkers. And they're all interconnected. So if you listen to this part, you can always go back further, like you said, and get mm -hmm. more. But we like to think you don't need it all. You're just rewarded <laughs> if you listen to Very more. cool. That's a very cool concept because yeah. a lot of shows, including ours, it's, it's almost like you need to start at episode one and then work your way to the you know the later episodes um we've mm -hmm. got we've got a couple points people could jump in when you had like cast changes and things like that but yeah. like it's it's very rare that you have a a podcast where they're you're playing a tabletop game and you could jump in at almost any point basically like pick a season well, or something i should but... be cautious about that i suppose i think yeah maybe i oversold oh. <laughs> it on that regard you you'd want to jump either uh season 1 mm -hmm. um usually each season is a different world okay so you could you know in theory your best places to jump in are 1 or 4 okay to to for clean starts any season's usually a different world, though, so I guess you could jump in and see, like, we have a steam-powered world, if that's mm -hmm. your thing. If you like gunslingers and dwarven technology, season two okay. or five. You know, if uh, you like uh, high fantasy uh, fairy tale stories um, starring players who hate fairy tales, season <laughs> three's your thing. Uh, <laughs> but it's an ongoing story, so depending on... 
what you want. Okay. Like you might feel the need. To, but yeah, seasons one or four are the best ways to start. Okay. That makes that makes sense. Okay. Um, we just listened to, mom, both mom and I listened to um, episode 17. Because I, I asked you. Already. And then she listened to 18. Oh, and then I went, in, I went back and I listened. Four? Yep. Yeah, in season yep. four. Yeah. Yeah, baby gap. Yeah, ba- oh, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. So funny. Um, I noticed your group comes up with funny things and you take that for your titles too. We like to do that yeah. also. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's really funny. So Baby Gap was hilarious. But episode 18 with Help, I'm Slain. I mean, right there, I was like, okay, I have to go for it. I can't even go back yet. I have to see what happens. So yeah, I love the titles. Yeah. Really yeah. cool. Thank you, thank you. So I listened to 17 and I was instantly hooked. And so I went Aww. back. <laughs> I went back and I listened to one and then I got. I think I got up to five while I was at work. Just nice. kind of binge listening at work, but uh, I he, he works where he could do that. Yeah, I, I got <laughs> nice, a, I got yeah. a real nice desk job. So, um, but I, I I love the the characters, and I think your players Thanks. are just so uh, they they're so um, almost like like easygoing. Uh, very yeah, chill. Very like, chill, and that's another yeah. thing I noticed with like your GM style. You have a very like chill GM style. And I Thanks. really appreciated that. I really enjoyed listening to it. Just kind of like zen when I was listening to your podcast. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You flow with their punches pretty yeah. pretty cleanly, I think. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I only GM. I do not play. Okay. So I have an inordinate uh, amount of uh, uh, practice <laughs> with that. But um, yeah, I don't – I like to take the story seriously but not the repercussions. Like people can – you know, it's the it's their game, mm-hmm. so we'll figure it out. Like, yeah, I I have a lot of bad guys to use. I have a lot of people to use. Like they only have these one characters, and then mm-hmm. they got to start all over, right? Yeah, like, yes. it doesn't matter what happens to me. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I gotta ask. So tell us who played season one through three with you, and then who played sure. season four through. Six, five. seven, five. They're on five yeah. right now. You're on five yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. And then why uh, did you make that change? Why did you go from one cast to another cast? That's an interesting sure. concept. So season one um, was so the way that the podcast started is um, my friend uh, Megan McKay, who does Doodle for Food. Um, she's a cart- professional cartoonist, and she reached out to me. She said, "Hey, um, my friends and I are in this D and D game, but the DM." has let us know that he's packing up shop. (laughs) And we didn't get a lot of time to play. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to start a game? And back then, I was... So before this, I was running games professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my daughter came in. She said that she wanted to play. And I said, well, this is... I can... I was running like nine games at the time. So I was like, I can (laughs) fit you in... um, but I got to figure out a way to make sure that it's and, – and she agreed, too. She wanted to make sure it was a way to make it worth my time. So I said, why don't we do a, a, a live stream of mm-hmm. it? Because they're all professional cartoonists, and you know that would be way easier for me, and that would totally be worth my time. And they're like, well, we don't want to be on a live stream. And I – why don't you do a podcast? And I said, I don't have time to do a podcast. I'm running nine games. Mm-hmm. Wow. Here we are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah, they're all professional cartoonists. Mm-hmm. So it's um, Megan McKay from Doodle for Food. It is Wesley Hall from Pizza Dad. We have uh, Enzo from Enzo Comics, Cheer Up Emo Kid. And then we have Jane from Pigeon Gazette. And then we have Olivia from Emojin Quest. So. Okay, I actually recognized a few of those names. Oh, did you? Yeah, cool, I'm cool. kind of I'm kind of proud that I I knew some of those names. So. <laughs> yeah, they're on expensive. they're on Twitter, right? Because yeah, I think that's yeah. where oh, I yeah, yeah that's where I've heard the the names just from where we've you know the people that we follow on on our yeah. podcast Twitter account. I think those are oh, some cool, of the people cool. like Enzo sounds. Like oh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure I've seen some of his stuff. So. <laughs> Enzo's yeah. amazing. So having but, them be cartoonists does that make them quicker on their feet? Do you think because oh they're God. so like, creative? The wit is crazy. Oh, okay. Everything's just rapid fire. And like for instance, like Megan is like, um, she's a trained improver. Wow. Oh, so you can't yes. slow Megan oh, down. They're all hilarious for different reasons. But um, they came up with characters. 
I gave them like a, a gist of the information of the different worlds, mm-hmm. and they each come from different worlds. They put together their characters. Um, some of them gave me like eight page um, documentation <laughs> on who their characters I were. I did that. Did you? <laughs> yeah. That's, it's great. It was too much. <laughs> but like Enzo was like, uh, I'll just be Wesley's brother. And then Wes was like, here's here's the story I'm thinking. And Enzo's like, yeah, it's cool, man. Whatever. Like, sure. <laughs> like, it's diff- different styles. But we Love ran it. that for three seasons. Mm-hmm. And then you're asking, like, why did we change up? Yeah. Because the, after se- three seasons, it felt like the perfect place to wrap that story. Like, it, if you want a conclusion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get it in season three. Cool. Um, okay. And it all wrapped up perfectly. And then we were having a hard time with our schedules and stuff like that. And it seemed like the perfect time. We still play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we still are friends. We still hang out and everything. I, I went to one of their weddings uh, not too long ago. Um, so we're all still close. But that was just the perfect place to wrap everything up. And the events of season three set up for, but you don't need it. And so uh, some of the players from some of my other games, we all came together and we made the season four storyline, which cool. is the Dreamwalkers. Okay. And who does your wife play? So my wife plays Hopscotch. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. The Yeah. <clears throat> Hopscotch is a, uh, a bard who's far too inebriated to remember things <laughs> like the story. Um, <laughs> or who they are sometimes. Uh my friend Nathan, who got me into D and D in the first place, he plays Vernon, the uh, stalwart, the uh, kind of the paladin mm-hmm. who really wanted to protect his city. And then we've got uh, Shannon, who's from Resting Glitchface, which is like an award-winning podcast. Like she has won an award for her wow. part. Of wow! Her. I know, right? Like <laughs> she didn't win it when we got her, so you know that's how we got her. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, Shannon used to run uh, World Talkers for us, which is our talk show. Okay. And so she jumped in really easy. Uh, our friend Callie. Wait, who does Shannon been... play? She plays Tristana. Okay. okay. I was going to yep. guess. <laughs> yep. We love and, Tristana. Yeah. We already oh. love Tristana. Yes. Tristana's great. Uh. And she plays the Summoner, which is the class that I wrote up. Because it... I wanted a summoner. I used to play Final Fantasy games. I wanted mm-hmm. a summoner. <laughs> so uh-huh. I wrote up a summoner class. Wow. And then uh, Callie. Callie plays Layla and then later Greg. Okay. And also at the same time, sometimes Layla and Greg. Oh, oh <laughs> uh, interesting. She loves it. And um, yeah, she. I met her at the game shop that I was running games out of. And then she moved over to one of our partner podcasts, World Walkers Cog, which is kind of right now on hiatus. Um, and yeah, so she plays Layla and Greg and then Wesley stayed from World Walkers, uh, the first storyline to the second and he plays Harold, a goblin gunslinger. He's our, another one of our favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Harold is so funny. Yeah. Harold is funny. <laughs> and so different from his original character. That's what's fun is watching how players can like sidestep into a whole nother role and you can mm-hmm. still hear them obviously, but. It's so cool to hear how someone takes a couple different story elements and comes up with a whole new style of playing. Yeah. Yeah, we've had that a couple times on the on our show, a couple character yeah. transitions that that it was it was cool as as for me as a GM and like and also like you know because everybody's my family I'm related to everybody in the show which is cool so cool to, that's yeah when you were asking for interviews and I was like well who is that holy crap they're a family that plays like I'm <laughs> yep. in All right, hold on a second yep they sucked me right in yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I actually had to beg to be on the show she did yeah that's, that's because cool. they were good he was gonna do it with his brothers and a friend and I had started listening to another podcast Pathfinder Pathfinder podcast and. Yeah just really enjoyed it and decided, you know what? I think I want to be part of this. And I have loved it. Even though Spencer is so cool. really mean to us. And me in particular. Actually, My they're all mean to me. Once. Oh, man. <laughs> well, the goal is to get the husband to at least listen to us, but we don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> he does know our name, our character name, so, so I'm proud oh, of him so for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, my uh, my wife never listened to the, I mean, sampled, but mm-hmm. didn't really listen to the old ones. The only thing that, like, I remember 
uh, I would wrap the game up. I would come to bed, and Jess would say like, uh, "How'd the game go?" And I was like, "Man, I think they're I think they're gonna die next week." And <laughs> Jess would say, "Do you realize this is your business? Do you realize <laughs> that if you kill them, it changes everything? Like yeah, you could kill true. your business." And I was like. I don't know. I got to be true to the game. And <laughs> you're, and she's like, she'd get, like, I don't think that they're actually mad at me, but they would be like, you are, stop this. I don't yeah. want to hear it like yes. this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. So yeah. what, why did she decide to be a part of the podcast then if she wasn't really super involved in it? Um, They, they joined because I think we needed more players and it seemed like something that, uh, we could do together that, you know, the <laughs> podcasting takes a lot of time. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons <laughs> yeah. I did it because I enjoy seeing the boys every week. <laughs> it's yeah. like our yeah. set time where I get to hang with them for a little bit and find out what's going on in all their lives. I say sons yeah. and I mean my son-in-law too, but it does sure, give sure. us that time to spend together because there's a yep. lot of fooling and around beforehand. So, yeah. and after Same idea. <laughs> yeah. And we, we needed another player to really round out the group where I wanted to take it. And they came up with a really good story, hmm. and yeah, it just all kind of clicked. So but she is a she is a true beginner. Then she's never played any D and D, Pathfinder, anything before. Well, um, they played a little bit of Pathfinder before. So like, Jess started in Pathfinder. Okay, Jess is um, your wife, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. thank you. Sorry, you know. <laughs> I just <laughs> sorry, want to make sorry. sure. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <clears throat> Just started in Pathfinder, but they only played a few games, but they really clicked with that system. Okay. Oh, okay. And so when we switched, when when they joined up for the D&D side of things, it was kind of a hard, it was like, why can't I do all the things I can do in Pathfinder? It's mm -hmm. like, D&D's mm -hmm. different. Yeah. Yeah. D&D's bringing us all back together, but it's simpler. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it was really, it was really weird for them to kind of get used to it, but yeah, they played a little bit. Okay. But okay. They, they they didn't play in like long standing campaigns or anything. Like that. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they had some yeah. interest already there, thank goodness. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There was some That makes some sense then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so four through five is Pathfinder rules? Um, it takes a bit to get to the Pathfinder. Okay. We we had an interest in Pathfinder, but we were waiting for second edition yeah okay. because they did say that that simplifies things yes <laughs> yeah it, well yeah it had it's approachable and there is something that i really 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 enjoy about pathfinder second edition is that it is a system that seems to have your back as the gm that oh, other nice. systems might not so like they say explicitly over and over and over and over again this is your gm's calls these are the things that you're like they codify oh. Things that mm -hmm. your GM's allowed to do. You know, other you can always do what you want. You're the GM, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But someone like me, I like to have it in writing in more than one spot. Like D&D &D is really good about saying, you're the GM and, you know, you have – it's your right to do what you want. But they only say it like once. Yes. And I think <laughs> and Pathfinder then, does that too. It's yeah. just like in the beginning or, you know, and even in like the GM handbook, yeah. it's like – they just say it in like the once old version. Yeah, yeah, they said it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was always this understood, overarching rule. Yes, and now it is said over and over mm. and over again, and they give you rules like they mark whether something is a secret role or not, which means that it's understood that your GM is the one by default that rolls these things. Nice. And if he chooses not to, or he or they choose not to then it's different. But the default is this. Like they have like a, a tag called uncommon and it's how you can rule out all the spare feats because, you know, old school Pathfinder is amazing for all of its different splat books. Mm -hmm. But it's also cumbersome because there's like hundreds of player options. Yes. Yes. And now they have a way of saying like anything outside of the player's handbook, just classify it as uncommon like real quick, simple ways for you to organize the rules to the best of the uh, the GM's needs. Okay. So we waited, and so we played. Like, yeah, a good chunk of uh, season four is D and D. Okay. Oh, okay. But then once second edition came out, 
uh, and we got our hands on it. Then we made the switch over to Pathfinder. And okay. We've been playing second edition ever since. Cool. That's really cool. We've tried second edition once, but our podcast came out, you know, a couple of years before second. We'd like, you know, second edition was hadn't even been like announced when we started the podcast. Right, right. And so making the transition for us, we we just decided let's just keep it first edition because yeah. you know we're fam- we're familiar enough with it and because Spencer's older brother Philip is a walking Pathfinder encyclopedia, so we just <laughs> oh. decided to stick with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah they lose he's a our lot if they man. switch over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what we were kind of afraid mm-hmm. of. And since he's the one who tends to keep us on track, we decided to stick with what we were doing. But I'm excited for to try to eventually. It's so fun because yeah. it's like the approach is like you build your character and it's the ABCs. It's uh, your ancestry, which is your race. Mm-hmm. It's B is your background, and then C is your class, and all the feats, like the combat style feats, are all kind of organized into your into your class. Oh, nice! So you don't have to look at tons and tons of feats oh. to get to really yeah that straighten would have been out a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then the combat can be as deep as you want, but the general idea is you have three actions. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? If you can describe it, it's probably just one of your actions. Yeah. So do you want, like, I want to move, I want to go grab my sword, and then I want to attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those three actions. like. I've heard a lot that, of positive feedback on that. It's sure. great. It can be more complex, but you have to want to make it more complex. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. One it's thing got a lot I of was... depth versus complexity. Yes, yes. Nice. One thing I was reading on Twitter, uh, somebody posted something about uh, stat block in second edition for a monster and then like mm-hmm. all the comments i read were just about other gms that were saying like like you know we we've made the switch to 2e we're never going back to first edition because it's so much easier as far as prep goes whereas it is. you know you're it prepping is. with an npc or something in first edition and you know they have all their spells you gotta have all your tabs open for and like and just and then all the special abilities that every different monster can do and so yep. that's one big contrast I've heard is that prep it takes like a lot of prep time out the of prep the, is the a, crunchiness yeah. and more about like focusing on the story and stuff like that or the prep is a lot simpler yeah. the combat options the creatures have tell like they paint a story or a picture of the creature okay like one of my problems with uh and I'm not trashing anyone's game, but like the problem I have in fifth edition sometimes is that like a creature will just have like the Minotaur is like it has gore. It mm-hmm. runs at you, it attacks. It's got axe. It doesn't have a lot, it doesn't paint a big picture. If you look at the Minotaur in Pathfinder, you can really see that when it does these, like it kind of helps you feel the creature out with the variety of abilities that mm-hmm. it has. Um, in D and D, a lot of times, and again, I love D and D. I still run it, but like in D and D, when a creature has complexity, they usually just give it spells. Okay. Every creature in Pathfinder Second Edition seems to have something really cool about it to do, and yeah, they don't call back a lot of old rules they usually tell you it right there and then like the stats they don't give you what they don't tell you what the strength is they tell you what the bonus is okay because you don't need the strength yeah mm-hmm. you just need the bonus yeah but yeah things like that but cool it's mm-hmm. been really fun and really easy to prep for okay cool 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 uh what episode do you transition to do you know off the top of your head in I season four I'm a, okay i'm a bad oh. <laughs> no that's <It's> okay. <laughs> i <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, I know it's not 17 know. or 18 because that's where I no, am and not. it wasn't there. So. <laughs> it's yeah, got to be in season five somewhere then, I'm guessing. I think it's pretty late in season okay. four. Oh, I don't know. Late in season I, four. Yeah, okay. I meant, yeah, I meant to look it up and I, oh. I didn't. <laughs> no worries. No <laughs> worries. I will forgive you. <laughs> it's Thank all you. good. I'm sure as you're listening, because most of the time you're just listening to these for the story anyway. That's why I do it. So I... But I recognize the D&D versus the Pathfinder kind of stuff. But I'm sure listeners will hear it and go, oh, yeah, I, they've switched. Yeah, I try to clean it up. So, like, you know, as as you as you, as you you probably know, too, there's, like, three, it can be anywhere from three to ten minutes of table talk and decision making and rules looking up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And what I try to do is I try to clean it down in the editing 
to I leave enough meat on the bone, I hope, for people who want to hear the game mechanics, but I try to whittle it down enough that if you're not a D&D player or a role player, you should still be able to listen to the podcast. That's my hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think you've yeah. achieved that. That's something Spencer tries to do too. So, so far yeah. in the episodes I've listened to, you have achieved that because Thank I am you. not a – I sometimes the details and the – the mechanics weigh me down. I want to yeah. just listen to the story and have fun. But other times I do want to know, oh my gosh, if they roll a one or a two, it's gonna they're gonna die or whatever. That's so, the balance yes. I try yeah, to strike. So like, that's what I need with, to know. Yeah. yeah. The nitty gritty. So I think you're doing a lot that, of yeah. the listeners don't actually play like that I have anyway. Like <laughs> a lot of them don't seem to really play the game or know too much. They like to hear the numbers for the suspense. They know that yes. high is super, you know, high mm-hmm. is good, low is bad. Yes, yeah. exactly. But, Our yeah, audience so it, is very similar to yes. that. A lot of people that listen to us don't really or have never even played a game That's before. Cool. Like yeah. my boss at work and another coworker have never even played a tabletop game, but they always yeah. tell me that, you know, that still – they're still able to listen to it. So That's, I, yeah. I'm glad that you're our first guest because because now we can tell our <laughs> listeners, hey, these guys are, are similar to us in this regard, so check them we out try. as well. Yeah, so exactly. I, I leave the rules. Usually I, if I leave rules in, it's so that I can leave it in once so that somebody who's just now listening, if they don't know, they hear it the first time. And then I don't usually put it back in. I reference it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like if someone says, well, I'm going to use loading shot or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hopefully they've heard it once. Yeah. Yeah, so they could get it. And, yep. And if they don't remember, it's probably going to be okay. Yeah. Because high numbers are good. Mm-hmm. Low numbers are bad. The player <laughs> will let you know if it worked. Be like, oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The specifics of that rule yes. demonstrate <laughs> depression. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> because... Yeah. And speaking of editing, we wondered, do you ever have a tension between your – because so far we've listened, it just seems so fun, easygoing. Is there anything you've had to, like, delete because it's gotten a little too hot under the collar? Or is your group just really laid back all the time? No. um, I'm trying to think. We sometimes have discussions that um, I'll whittle down to five minutes, but they might have taken – 15 or 20 because there's just a lot of discussion and um not tension but disagreement because i mean that's mm-hmm. anyone's okay. table yep. yeah you've got a lot of like hmm gosh i don't know well why do you think and it takes a while for people especially if you don't have like in my experience if there's no npc in the group there's no one to come in and bounce a new idea off of like it's mm-hmm. just if five people don't agree I have not been in a lot of meetings where those five people figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you always need a team leader or a manager or in, you know, role playing mm-hmm. an NPC <laughs> to yep. help figure things out. Um, I have in the old podcast we did that's on hiatus right now, World Walker's Cog. If you listen to that, um, you can you can definitely hear tension because we had um very um in character moments. We had a player who was really good at diving completely in. And, yeah, we would have to whittle down tension because, like, we didn't know, like, an issue was a hot-button issue for that character. Oh, like, very good. Boom, okay. going all in. <laughs> oh, wow. And, we're not, and wow. we're not coming out. Like, um, so we have deleted that. There is, you know, it's funny, in the first storyline, The Shards of Stardust, there are moments between um, the wizard and the rogue that you think are aggressive and tense. And they're just really good role players. So hmm. there's no real tension there. There's just they're None just playing all. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's great to know. That's fun. Yeah. I they mean, it's nice. they dive in. They're they're just hardcore. They did a really great job. And I remember after one back and forth, uh Enza was like Guys, I don't like all this fighting. Like he's <laughs> trying to pretend like he's like a a kid in a um, abusive relationship. <laughs> yes. But uh, he's it's that thing where you're joking, but you're testing the waters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're fine. Like Wesley's an old old school. He's played for a while. Um, Jane is just 
awesome at whatever she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there's no real tension. Hmm. But like it was like, mom and dad stop fighting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Uh, I wanted to ask you a few questions, um, just like lightning round questions, just so that uh, people could like like get to know you and kind of your personality a little bit more. Um, so I've got four questions for you. Okay. Uh, the first question I have is, what is your favorite cereal? My favorite cereal... Yeah. Is a toss-up between... Okay, my favorite cereal doesn't exist anymore. It's oh. Ninja Turtles. It's a combination of, like, Lucky Charms and Chex. Uh, Chex. Okay. I've never even and heard of that. I've never heard of I that. know. It's Ninja Turtles cereal. It was the best cereal ever made. They've taken it from me, and I'm not okay. Have you ever just mixed Lucky Charms and Chex to, like, kind of replicate I thought about because you can buy the ingredients. Uh-huh. And... It's just not, it's just not, not the, the same. same. It's, <laughs> it's like looking at pictures of your ex. Just let her go. Like, <laughs> oh, too too good. Oh, okay. <laughs> your favorite cereal that's still in existence then. <laughs> it's still in existence is, um, did you know that no matter how who you are, we all grow lactose intolerant? Hmm. No, I didn't know that. I don't have that. a favorite cereal anymore. Oh, oh no! I'm very, I, I'm pretty boring. I really like uh, Rice Krispies or Corn Flakes. Okay. Like, oh no, those on, are good on staples. On brand, it's it's Kellogg's and or, real Rice Krispies. Yes, or, I totally yeah, yeah. More, it's Kellogg's Corn Flakes or Miss Me. I'm not being sponsored. I'm just passionate. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, my next question is: What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie is super tough because it depends on the moment that I'm in. (laughs) Okay. I love Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Classic. With a ridiculous (laughs) passion. Um, Creed and Creed 2 are really, really like amazing, but also really important to me. Okay. Um, I don't want to bring the the podcast down to super heavy territory, but those, those pot, those movies talk a lot about the stuff that I go through. Um, and then, um, Three Caballeros, I grew up with. Okay. I love that movie. It's an old Disney movie. Yeah. It's an old the, Disney yeah, movie. Yeah, it's animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can actually um, watch that on Disney Plus now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, another plug. Um, no. I like to eat Kellogg's Corn Flakes when I watch it. When you watch um, that on Disney Plus. No, I, um, you know, I'm Hispanic. I, I am Mexican-American, and... Growing up without a huge connection to um, the Mexican side of my family, that was like one way to keep my foot in the water as I was growing up is to see like a Disney cartoon with Donald Duck, but also with the three caballeros themselves Mm -hmm. and Mexican culture and stuff. It was really important to me. So that's another big favorite. Cool. Cool, Nice. Next question is, what uh, are your hobbies outside of gaming and podcasting? I don't understand. Oh. <laughs> no. I... <laughs> he doesn't have any. Just get it? No. There are other hobbies? To... You can do other things besides podcasts? It is and hard. <laughs> like, I don't know how to not fold everything into my job. Like, mm-hmm. I relax by working. Okay. Oh, so, you lucky man. <laughs> I yeah, I need it. Like if I if I spend like a week not working for some reason, like uh, my daughter was sick recently, mm-hmm. and so I couldn't work for a week. I had to just kind of survive off whatever buffer I had. I was miserable. <laughs> like once I put her to bed, I really because I use a stay at home dad, so um, I loved being able to spend time with her again. But then she'd be to bed, and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I would just, like, peel at my skin and stuff. And my, my wife was like, just go work. <laughs> but, no, uh, cartooning is probably the okay. other thing. Yeah, I've been a cartoonist for a long time. So Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my last question is, what is your favorite aspect of role-playing games? My favorite aspect, hmm, let me think. I, I really love telling stories 
um, <clears throat> in in the worlds that I'm building. But my favorite aspect is when uh, hero moments or big moments, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to codify it exactly, but like um, when players have these big, awesome stand-up moments, or when the story is able to take a step up, and people suddenly. I don't know of a, a, a great way to explain it. Um, I'll tell an example is that like the there was a big war coming to one of the continents in one of the old games you used to play, like way before podcasting and mm-hmm. stuff. And on one of the worlds I run, there are a group of people called the History Keepers. They write down the events of the world, and whatever they write down cannot be altered. It's a world immune to time travel, essentially. Okay. And there is a... The players were there when there was a big speech about this is the time to – this is our biggest challenge. We've got to do this. So like they're explaining like here's the roads you have to take. It's like one of those big – like in a movie, it would be like those big swelling music moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. like the, the crescendo, if yeah. you will. Those are my favorite moments in role playing because I love – not because I get to show off, but because I love – telling the players this and watching them step into the world like at a way deeper level than maybe like you know we spend a lot of time laughing and baby gap mm-hmm. and all that yes. stuff yeah <laughs> but then when like i can deliver a big moment i'm not just in my head i'm not just talking out loud i'm giving someone something in the same way that i feel like there's these life-changing moments that I get from movies and my favorite stories. Mm -hmm. So giving those moments over and being able to do that and have people be affected by it is one of my favorite parts of it. Like there's all kinds. I mean, I love the laughter. I love hanging out afterwards and talking about the game. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that stuff. But one unique aspect is, Watching a stories build to something really big and then being able to hand that off to players. Cool. Very cool. Uh, that's actually a nice segue into the next question, next topic I had. I wanted to ask you about your uh, your creative process. So, like, how do you come up with those really awesome moments or, like, like how do you prep for your sessions and things like sure. that? So when it comes to prep, what I do generally is I have like a a template and I have, um, I have a section called the gist and I, I free write, I just write, I don't let myself stop and then I'll edit it down to whatever I need. Then I have sections for like, here's the first thing I want to happen and um, then I'm like, here are the different things that could happen. I have a section for what happens when the players <laughs> me over. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. <laughs> and then I make sure, like, if it's a combat scene, mm-hmm. I write down, but why? Okay. I have a section called, but why? Because what's the point of the combat? If the combat is there to burn time for me because I didn't think of something, then I got I to gotta think of something better. Mm-hmm. Like, I try to challenge myself why am I putting a combat in here? Um, or I'll write, like, what makes this exciting? I use a lot of bold headlines. Okay. Like, to help me mm-hmm. figure out where I'm going. And then at the bottom are, like, the pertinent locations and NPCs that I need to refer to right away, a list of names to pull from real fast. But when it comes to writing the big things, um, I will. I listen to music when I write. I have to. Okay. It doesn't matter if they're singing or not. Mm-hmm. Like, I need noise because if i don't have noise i'm just in my own head and i don't get anything done in quiet so when i want to this sounds terrible bear with um (laughs) when i get to the emotional stuff or the big moments i honestly just beat the (laughs) out of myself emotionally (laughs) i will put for real i (laughs) to write this big scene that's coming up um no to write uh it this is not a plug, I promise, but like... It's fine, plug we're putting, away. Oh, I, but I feel guilty. No, no, plug away, I, that's what I don't want to succeed, though. No, um, 
We have this uh, these episodes going up on Patreon right now. Patreon.com slash worldwalkers, if mm-hmm. I'm forced to plug. Yes. And it's the backstory <laughs> of the gunslinging grandma in our uh, old series called Ertleby. And it is the end of that episode is the first, like the end of that um, game I wrote first. Mm-hmm. And in order to do it, I put on the music that I curated for my mom's funeral. Hmm. And I just found really, really emotional stuff because the end of that, the end of that um, side adventure, that series is a lot of the stuff that I'm going through now. Like I have really personal stuff going on. I don't, I'm okay talking about it. I'm, but like, you know, I have cancer. Um, oh. I'm going through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a chance for me. I don't, tell people I don't feel a need to tell people one for one what I'm going through Mm -hmm. I put it in the stories you know so Mm -hmm. the end of that game is a and through that whole series is a lot about the things that I feel what I'm going through and what I'm facing I'm doing really well by the way (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um it's just the things that I'm I'm never gonna sit down and just talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, hey guys, here's how I feel today. Um, and so to do that, I put on really like, uh, ex- like if I want to write a battle scene, I put on crazy exciting music mm-hmm. that I've used to get through stuff, and I just put it on loop the same song, and I'll just leave it on for an hour in my head if I have to, until I get everything out. When it comes to emotional stuff, I'm not afraid to admit, like, I'll just put one song on, on repeat, until it makes me break down. And that's how I write the stuff that I write that's emotional. (laughs) Wow. Wow. There's a really emotional moment Mm -hmm. in season two of World Walkers, and I just put on this wildly depressing music that, um, yeah, just, like, takes a toll on me, and I won't leave the room until I get out what I want, and then I stop. And that, I don't know if that's crazy or not. It's just <laughs> oh, what I do. <laughs> sounds more therapeutic than crazy to me. Yeah, it is. It's a you're, lot of ways getting... to deal with your emotions mm-hmm. and the things you're going through. And to me, this sounds like a perfect way. This and allowing is... yeah. allowing yourself to yeah. get it out on paper and then get it out when you're telling the story is very yeah. therapeutic. That's it's uh, one of the reasons I do the show. And is, is, you know, I, I, I have bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And so as a, as a coping mechanism, I, I do this show. Um, and I've actually made myself cry during episodes. I have you ever like cried during a recording session at the table. Yeah. Yeah, At the table during Mm -hmm. a recording. Um, (laughs) The, yeah, the, there's a, a really big moment in season three that I, um, I just poured myself into Mm -hmm. because it was a really emotional time and I've done that. But I also try to respect every player has their own comfort level. Mm -hmm. uh Some players are okay with you going full hog and you're just sitting there going, I mean, I just miss her. Like, you know what I mean? Going haul Uh in. But some players are like, man, that's not what I came here for. And so I always try since I run a lot of groups. That's mm-hmm. true. I've always got to figure out yeah. where their comfort level is. What did they come for the game? Yeah. So no, technically I don't, but I have. Okay. Uh, okay. With the right group that's comfortable with mm-hmm. going that far. Yeah, I've I've gone several times. The old World Walkers group. Okay. Uh, okay. The, yeah. I've done that several times. But so. the old Will Rockers group, now correct me if I'm wrong, but they were more online and not sitting at a table together. Correct? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. They're Which all online. Kind of that, makes it a little easier to it's go a different that dynamic. way. Yeah. yeah. Because you're not facing somebody. Where yep. it, yeah. for, well, we all see yeah. each other, yeah. but it's also like. There's a. There's yeah, a difference right between there. seeing, yeah. yeah. There's a difference between seeing somebody's eyes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, re- get red and just watching someone just. Yeah. Yeah. Just ugly <laughs> snotting their way through a scene. Like yes, Yeah. Exactly. There's a mute button. That's yeah. the one thing I think I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful for with our podcast is that we are a family. So even when he cries, we like respect that because we've seen him break yeah. down and cry. So yeah. it's everything's comfort. It's a very safe area. And that's yeah. what I'm yeah. grateful for. Which with is ours, awesome. So. And it's yeah. very easy to be vulnerable. Like uh it was just a couple episodes ago, but we were. I was doing a flashback for one of the characters, and uh, and 
like a, you know, my depression was just acting up and I was just having yeah. a tough week. And, and so when I wrote the, the flashback, it all just kind of came out. So it's, it, you know, it's hearing you talk about what you do just kind of reminded yeah. me about, you know, my process as well. Uh, and so it just all kind of came out and then we started recording. And then at the end of the, the flashback scene, I started getting choked up, but yep. it was, it was, you know, it was just my family sitting around listening to me tell this this story and it's 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 interesting how emotional you get as a GM and I always mm-hmm. think like why do I get so emotional and I think it's just because it means so much to me on such a yeah. personal level that you know aside from just this this game or just this story you know like I said it's a coping mechanism and mm-hmm. and having that and being able to do it with my family I think that's why I get so emotional. And so it's nice yeah. to hear that I'm not crazy, that other people, yeah, other people do it too, do it too yeah. when they, yeah. when oh, they yeah, yeah. game. Because like... you're, not, you're not telling a story. You're sharing an experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and wherever that takes it. you is where it takes you. Yeah. Yeah. You're I... not just mm-hmm. handing out a sheet and going like, all right. Here you go. Here we go. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and the thing I want to remind any listeners of too is that Spencer's following. We are following an actual Pathfinder adventure book series mm-hmm. where you oh, are doing that's a, a home, whole interesting mm-hmm. where yeah. you're doing a homebrew, but you can still get yeah. these mm-hmm. emotional releases and these therapeutic moments that you need, even if you're using a book and following along, because there's mm-hmm. a lot oh, of absolutely. open yeah. spaces for that. So I don't want people to think you have to totally homebrew to get this kind of feeling. <laughs> no, not at all. I think. I am so impressed that people with people that can homebrew. I am amazed at the dedication you put into that. So hats off to you, sir. Boy, that's, <laughs> thank you. That's but it's the opposite work. for me. Ugh. It's the opposite for me. I don't. My brain doesn't work on um, on adventure paths. Okay. I don't understand how to run them in a certain way. Like I have tried, mm-hmm. and I just how I can't like I. I commend all of you for being able to do it because I can't put myself into it mm-hmm. and I consider that a flaw. I'm not saying like, Oh, I can't No, I'm saying like for real, like I think the ability, I mean, that's what every actor does is whatever creative force across like Hollywood and beyond does. Right. Mm-hmm. They're able to take something and make it their own. And that's what you're doing. I don't know how to, I wish I could <laughs> like, I read it and I go, Hmm. This means nothing to me. Interesting. <laughs> I'm done with it. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> How do you run your D&D games then? You're not, those are all homebrew D&D games also? Every yeah, game yeah. you won. Wow. Every, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's why, like, people are like, oh, man, you have so much lore. And I'm like, yeah, but I've been doing it for a long time. It's almost not fair. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never split off to run other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. In so, fact, I, mean, like, I don't know if we said on air, how long have you been playing and and hosting? You said that earlier to me and Spencer, but I don't think uh, we got it Over 20 years. So I started um, April 10th, 1996. <laughs> you know the exact date. <laughs> the only reason I do is because we started playing in 96, and it was two days after my brother's birthday. How funny. Okay. Cool. So, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think it's great that you, that you I, remember. Yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you what day I started. It's a weird, but... like, silly <laughs> brag it's that's like so oh cool. you know and i'm like yeah. but i didn't write it down yeah i just, <laughs> just did the math and was like <laughs> well and you have something you have something to uh um like correlate with with it you have yeah. the memory of your brother's birthday it's kind of two like days sick around unimportant it, so. privilege like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but i don't know how to run adventure pass so like hats off to you because i Thank you. i don't know how to connect with them and it sounds like you're able to grab them and make them your own. And yeah, I consider that a flaw of mine. I, I don't consider it a strength to only be able to do one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was going to say, everybody has their own talents. You know, I'm, the yeah. mom in me is popping out saying, no, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we all shine differently. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Um, we wanted to... Uh, kind of end the interview um i'd, I'd asked you about it oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> we don't want to keep you from your family too much yeah uh but but speaking of family the last uh question we kind of have is um like what is it 
like like what what are your experiences gaming with your your family like your wife and then mm -hmm. um kind of like a like a follow-up to that one question we've been asked a few times uh that we were hoping you could uh, give some advice to where you have, you know, twenty years of twenty plus years of experience. Uh, <laughs> is uh, what uh, what can people do to make it so that like they like they could bring their kids into mm -hmm. the game uh, and and a appeal to a, like a younger audience? Uh, if you have any advice for that, yeah. uh, we'd love to hear it. So, not so that we have I... any grandkids yet, but you go. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I I think first off, like. Playing with Jess, playing with my wife is super awesome because um, they are not impressed with whatever it is you're trying to do. And it really put, keeps you back on your toes in the same way that I'm sure it happens with all of you. Like, you know what I mean? Like you might go out into the world and run a game. Um, and I've had that where like, because, you know, I run games for patrons on Patreon mm -hmm. um, and they have a different experience. They come in and they're like, at least at first, maybe eventually they're like, yeah, Patreon. <laughs> but um, maybe at first it's like, all right, we're getting into the World Walkers universe. Let's do this. Um, that has never been the case for Jess. Jess is a great, amazing reality check that like whatever it is I think I'm doing. Calm down. Like, <laughs> she, she keeps her humble hat on you. <laughs> it does. And it gives me like Good such a new set of challenges to overcome. It's a whole new way of like um, trying to approach storytelling. There's um, thoughts that Jess has on the game that I've never considered. Years ago, Jess had asked me like, why does everyone like, why, what is the point of everyone dying? Why can, why should characters die? And I was like, Cause it's, I mean, there's what, what is the point of battle if not to be able to fall? And there's some stupid hokey stuff, right? And Jess was like, like essentially, like what would happen if characters died in like chapter six of a book? It's way more interesting to find out what happens next. Mm -hmm. Now I still kill players, <laughs> but point take that was a fascinating. Like that has really changed the way that I digest and think about the game. Mm -hmm. Like, generally speaking, bringing anybody in who hasn't played before is amazing. Yeah. Because they have such a whole new set of skills and, and thoughts to the game. Mm -hmm. But when it's, like, your family, especially your spouse, you have to listen a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's really <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, like, how to bring somebody in, especially if it's, like, someone younger, like a kid, I think it's always super, super like, aggressively important that, especially if it's a kid, don't try to convince them why your game is awesome. Try to figure out what they want. Mm -hmm. If they haven't played, especially if it's a kid, like, you know, my daughter, uh, my daughter wanted to play because um, my daughter very much enjoys the musical stylings of Nate Wants to Battle, Nathan Sharp. Okay. And she saw him play D&D &D on uh, the D&D &D, like, dice camera action. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, when she saw it, she's like, Daddy, I want to play D&D. &D. Don't you do this? And I was like, yeah, I do. And she's like, I want to play D&D. <laughs> Why don't I get to play D&D? &D? And I was like, you can play whenever you want to. Well, I want to. She's like four. She's like, <laughs> give me the eye. And, um, I said, well, yeah, what do you want to play? She's like, I want to play real D&D. &D. I don't want to play baby D&D. &D. Wow. Don't give me baby rules. And I was like, oh, my God. I didn't even... Wow. Suggest baby rules. <laughs> like, well, I want. I said, well, do you mean like. Because there's like, she loves My Little Pony. So mm -hmm. I was like, do you want to play like My Little Pony? She's like, that's baby D&D. &D. I was like, damn. <laughs> oh, Who told real. you? Oh, um, man. <laughs> so, like, we play down the line D&D. Doesn't wow. like it if I try to skirt anything down. Mm -hmm. But, like, the whole point was. A lot of times when you make a new game for someone, you're like, what do you want to play? And you're like, oh, I'm cool with what. It's like, where do you want to eat? I mean, I'd eat anything. Do you want to go to Taco Bell? Eh. Yeah, exactly. That's like kind of yeah. upset my stomach. Give me the game. Yeah. Kids yeah. don't care. They'll tell you exactly what they want to mm -hmm. play. It's amazing. So like, she's like, I want to be a mouse folk because she looked through my the things I've made. Mm -hmm. I want to be a mouse folk. I want my own cafe, and I want to go on magical adventures with the people that come in there. 
Wow. I do too now. Boom, we're <laughs> that done. That's cool. That's really cool. That's a, a hard five. That was a tight five. Like, <laughs> let's yeah. go. Um, so you listen to what they actually want to do. Mm-hmm. And then you just check your ego out the door and remember that, like, you are here for them in a yeah. in a much different way than you would be for other players. And then you make the game as not as simple or easy as understandable as possible. That's the key right there. Yeah. 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 How does it make sense to them? What is their flow? Like my wife uh, does a, you know, UX design, like UI design. She's like their web designer. So they've got to make sure how does it make sense when somebody sits down, right? Mm -hmm. So for Willow, we sat down and Willow wanted to be a, a wizard. So I gave her uh, colored little gem tokens. And whenever she wants to cast a spell, she cashes in one of them. First level is green. Nice. Second level is purple. Hmm. So then she knows that she's got three green spells. She knows that she has, you know, one or two purple. I forget what. Mm-hmm. I think two purple. And then you just mark down the colors, like, you know, mm-hmm. I want to use this spell. Well, it's green, so you got to cash in one of these. You only have two left. I like that. Is that is really cool. Yeah. Like, it, and it's, it's a, you know, like, um, mom used to work in a preschool and I used to volunteer. Oh, nice. And so, you know, it's, it's, you're taking, you're taking, you know, playing the game, but then you're including other things like teaching her, you know, her colors. And things like that, like like in, incorporating all, like a bunch of other teaching elements, right. and like well, that's she already knew the colors okay. and stuff, so it was like it was remembering that everything about it is a game. Okay, like mm. so you know what I mean like we use maps mm-hmm. because that's part of it. like that's cool. Like yeah. it's way more engaging. We can't ask her to remember three flights of stairs, two ogres, Eggs, and then yeah. a bell hanging. Yeah. No, it's on the board. It's yeah. super, like, yeah. Very and, visual. Yeah. yeah. And then also remembering that, like, um, my story isn't important. Theirs is. Where she wants to go. Where she wants right. the story what is, to go. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like when your players screw you over, just know that she's going to do it every single time. <laughs> yeah. But there's a power balance. Like, <laughs> it, you know, when you're with your group, you know, the group might be... 60 40 and, and the dm is 40 percent, right yeah um it is 80 20 well, okay. <laughs> with kids yeah it's 80 20 with kids like nice. so yeah you just find because a way they don't they don't know how to emotionally yeah. give you buy-in okay gotcha it's like when mm-hmm. you play like shoots and ladders they don't care about your turn Oh yeah, they're trying That's to get true. the dice back. Yes, like, <laughs> same thing. Like, <laughs> how cool! These are awesome tips. So thank you so much for yeah, that. Yeah, I like it. I uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, we have we have a player who uh, who uh, runs games for um, not like little kids, but uh, oh, he's like. 10 or 11, I think, maybe yeah. maybe 12 or something like that. No, but I think he's eight. He's eight? He's eight. He's even younger. So, yeah, he's younger um, so yeah, just, uh, but yeah, it's we, we've been asked that question a few times, so it's nice to get other perspectives Well, and now we can give him like some new ideas yeah. with his guys. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah of course, yeah. <laughs> so thank yeah. you so much. Um, yeah. Uh, where do you recommend people listen? Um, uh, wherever their uh, podcast dreams come true. Okay. So they can look for World Walkers on any relevant podcasting service. They can go to worldwalkers.com if they have this um, really deep need for browser-based podcasting. Um, And I think that's pretty much the easiest way to go. Um, Yeah, we have um, art-based live streams at twitch.tv slash worldwalkerspod when I'm – I'm just doing some either some cartooning or I'm doing the inks and colors for different promotional work for World Walkers. Um, but yeah, pretty much just look for World Walkers on the podcasting service of your choice. It's wherever you go, it's it's there. So. Okay, and then uh, are your all, are all your social medias just World Walkers or yeah, World, World Walkers, Walkers Pod? Well. So okay. Instagram okay. World Walkers Pod, Twitter okay. World Walkers Pod. Yep. Okay. So there you go. Uh, and then what was your Patreon one more time? 
Oh, patreon.com slash worldwalkers. So anyone that likes to see worldwalkers stay ad-free, which is huge for me. Um, oh, that, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Thank yeah. you for telling have... me that. I'm going to be really, now I'm really, really hooked. So, yeah, I love it when it's, it's commercial free. I know that's yeah. hard. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah patreon.com slash worldwalkers. It's very much like a... It's if you want to support, that's cool. But I also really believe that you should get something. So like, you can get early episodes. Um, you can get uh, the exclusive side adventures there. Um, a whole bunch of stuff. So okay, well, cool. Yeah. Thank you so Fun. much for coming yeah. on, talking to us. Yeah, I had so, a ball. <laughs> yeah, thank you very <laughs> and much. And I for learned me. some things. So <laughs> so it's very nice to meet you. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, you know, if our listeners are interested in. In checking you out, you've just gotten all the information. So go check out Pedro <laughs> and the World Walkers. So. Yay! <laughs> Thanks Hooray. for listening, guys. See yep, you soon. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye. Bye.